Hello, good evening. It's Ioni Mountbatten, and I'm here to um, say hello and tell you that uh, West Lafayette, Indiana is seemingly still uh, here, and uh, we haven't had any storms or any kind of weather events, although other places have had some. Uh, we hope that those places are safe and uh, things are getting back on uh, on proper order. Um, I'm here to also um, read chapter five of On Days Like This. So why don't you sit back and relax and I'll try to do a good job. Chapter five, three months before. The city of Quantico in Virginia is, was a teeming metropolis. The streets were busy this morning in the early spring and snow had fallen a few inches. The citizens went about their work. Nobody was that concerned with the weather. The killing wind cut into their figures as they hurried outdoors, doing errands and finding shops to go into. The parking lot of the Federal Bureau of Investigation was already full up. Two men hurried into the dark revolving doors that stood at the front of the building. Both men wore ID badges. One of them was a short man of medium build. His paunch was visible under his open jacket. He had a brief under his arm. He wore a walrus mustache and his eyes, bright blue, glanced at his partner. Tom, I'm sure that we won't need to meet here all the time. I've already asked the boss to give you as much cover as you can, uh, as much as you can have with this Angie Scott case, okay? His lips were reddened as his tongue flickered over them. Tom Ridley, the tall man with blonde hair and blue eyes, was also clad in a suit and tie and wore his jacket on his voice jacket buttoned. He smiled at his partner. Yeah, fine. I wouldn't mind going on a short vacation before that girl comes to work for us for real. Hey, that will work. Where'd you want to go? Oh, somewhere like the Bahamas. What do you say, Jacko? Wanna go with me? They both grinned at each other. Both were gay. Jacko Malarca laughed. Hey, I can't go with you. I'm working with that cover too. Remember? But I can join you on weekends. I'm real good at giving you a good time, aren't I? They both laughed. Hey, here's the chief's office. They paused in front of the door with a sign on stating the name of the person inside. It read, General George Mason. Tom rapped on the door. Inside a voice came, called them in. Tom opened the door and he and Jack were entered. The man behind the desk looked at them with a smile of great engagement. He rose and shook their hands. Hey, good to see you both. How's it going, Tom? Looking real nice today. I'm glad that we got this time to talk. Shut the door, will you? General George Mason was a good-looking man of about 55 years. He had a nice black suit and a red prep tie. A shot of silver through his, his dark hair caught anyone's attention. His face was clean-shaven, a patrician nose and wide mouth with thin lips. He wore a Yale ring on his left hand. He motioned them to sit. Yes, sit down, Jack. I've got an assignment for you. Tom said with a shy look, I'm not sure I want this job. I already read this. I just like I'm going to be babysitting some girl straight out of the cornfields. He stood still looking at his boss with a hesitant smile. Mason shook his head and said, No, sit down. Tom sat down and folded his arms and as he was wont to do when he was in doubtful thought. Mason rapped out, You know this woman, Mary Angie Scott? She's an Asian-American. Her father's a Japanese-American guy from Tokyo. He grew up in a big city and got educated in Oxford, England. 
His people come from Scotland by way of the Queen Mary. He's too much, man, but I think his daughter Mary. She's going to be someone a lot of people are going to be focusing on in the future. So they say, Tom said with a shake of his head. So am I supposed to do something to make this girl or how old is she? Jacko exclaimed. Shit, Jack, you should have read that. Tom was nonchalant. Call me lazy. Jack was sighed and said, Her birthday is on September 15, and she's 29 years old. Do you think she's cute? He took out a photograph from the leather brief he had with him. Tom said of a photograph of a woman fashionably dressed as she walked along on a campus sidewalk. Mary Angie Scott was a fetching girl whose features were more European than Asian. She was petite with delicate hands and good legs. Tom didn't care, but he was a heterosexual enough to appreciate Mary Angie's obvious charms. He finally spoke. So she's a looker. It'll be difficult to get close to her. The men in Yale look like, like exotic women. Tom frowned. Mason leaned forward. You don't want to think about that too much. She's not going into dates. The woman is a real live innocent girl. I doubt she's going to hit the bars at Yale when she gets there. Understand? Jacko looked up with a doubt in his eyes. Yeah, but she'll be out of her parents' hair. What do you think about that? We think she's going to be in so into her new job and getting her career off the ground. She's going to be spending a lot of evenings and weekends at the lab, and she'll be so fucking busy she'll you'll be able to distract her at the lab and do your work charming the pants off her. Mason leaned back with a satisfied look on his face. I don't know about charming the pants off her. Tom, you can't have any sex with any girl, Jack was said coolly. Tom coughed a bit. What he's saying, General Mason, is... Mason waved a hand. Yeah, well, we got that covered, Mr. Malarco. How? Tom cleared his throat. I won't make love to that woman. She will be dying out of that place. Look, Malarco. He looked at his partner. Will make me look so desirable that we'll screw her mind up so bad. I know how to make these women fall for me, and then they die. Jacko nodded. Okay. Tom looked at Mason. I'm curious. Why do we want to screw her career up again? Okay, spoke Mason. I got the word that this woman at Mary Angie Scott can't succeed at Yale. She has to fail miserably. That's where you come in. Make her a fool for you and then crush her and she'll be so fucked up. She'll be sad forever. Shit, why again? Jacko replied patiently. She's some big shot from some... I can't tell all. She's a big shot from where? Japan? No, she has a long line of ancestors all the way from Scotland. And she's the living queen of England, Tom. Oh, is that so? Mason spoke with a sharp tone. It's not for you to figure that out. I want you to make her your girl, but not all the way. Damn, do all you can. Make it so she really fucks up her job and won't ever do a damn thing in her life. In fact... I want you to make sure she dies at Yale, straight from above this order. That's the end of chapter five. Um, you must excuse me. I'm sort of uh, in the middle of uh, having a sig. So um, having to smoke and uh, read at the same time is a bit of a difficulty for me, unfortunately. And I'm not used to um, reading um, things like this. Uh, I am not uh, an elocutionist or an actress of any kind. I actually don't have any real... Uh, I, I don't really like um, the idea of memorizing scripts, so it never really made a dent into my ambitions to become an actress. 
So um, you must excuse me for uh, having very, uh, uh, well, I don't know, rudimentary skills at reading stuff like this. Uh, I do read and I do read aloud, but this is the first time I've done a podcast reading stuff out loud. So I hope you're interested enough in this story to come along with me. I'm gratified that people are um, appreciating it. And uh, I do wish you'd get a copy of this book if you're interested in the story any at any uh, time. Um, I do have a blog uh, on Blogger called Margot's Corner that I have one of my books on there called uh, The Lovable Resident. And um, uh, it's one of my fictional books. And that, that's one of the first books I, I've written uh, that's a fictional story. So, And I must stress that this book uh, on days like this is a fictional story. Uh, and so it's all um, something that I uh, um, created along with Colin Firth, who is my co-author. And uh, so anyway, I wanted to um, give my uh, best to Colin wherever you are. Thank you very much for being such a great uh, friend and support. And I hope and wish you uh, a happy day. And to everyone else, I want you all to have a happy day. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll catch each other again on this podcast. Take care and have a good day. Bye-bye.